dropping knowledge bombs all over the state of Alabama. Pew, 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 pew. News Radio, Truett News Radio. Listen to us on Truett News Radio. Welcome to Truett News Radio. It's your weekly dose of gumption and positivity, for whatever that means. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Truett and Brock Murphy, probably the two coolest guys in the world, at least in their minds. Let it rip, fellas. Let it rip. It's time to talk, Brock. Yeah, yeah, we're talking now. It's a beautiful morning here in the Magic City. It really is, man. I thought it was going to be kind of uh, not good, yeah. and now it's good. So well, yesterday we had some storms way. rip through, and I guess they brought some nice weather behind them. Good morning to everybody listening to Truett News Radio. Who are you? I'm Tony Truett, Truett Insurance and Bonding. Uh, we would love to sell you some insurance if oh. you need it, and uh, contractors love to do some bonding. In fact, you did some this week, didn't man, you? Yeah, we did a lot, actually. Uh I issued a thirty-one million plus Ooh, one yesterday, which nice. was very good, and uh, we did a three and a half million dollar payment in performance bond earlier in the week, which nice. was good. So it was a really good week. Did some other ones too, but uh, those two I was I was fired up about. Well, hey, I'm Brock Murphy with Brock G Murphy Law Firm. Love to help you out if you're a small business, do a lot of construction related stuff. Have uh, clients who are commercial subcontractors, clients who are commercial general contractors, have other business clients as well, uh, do arbitrations, mediations, both uh, representing clients and as an arbitrator or mediator if you have a dispute. 205-313-6360. Let's get on to the news. Man, let's do it. Uh, great show. Bo Benton with LBA Hospitality. He's going to be fascinating to talk to. Yeah. I can't wait to talk some hotel development For and sure. management and all. Uh, and then Josh Luger, uh, super excited about Josh, too. He's uh, They've got Capital Tacos, yeah. which we do not have in Alabama yet. But growing that out, and uh, that thing's going to be everywhere before long. They're reinventing Tex-Mex, by the way. And they've got flavor profiles, which I won't bring up until uh, we get Josh on the phone, but they were kind of fun flavor profiles. Oh, man, it's going to be great. Uh, Both of those really good gets for us. We're excited. Uh, Trying to look at other things here. Man, USC, national champs, and women's volleyball down in Gulf Shores. How about that? Knocked off UCLA. That's right. How sweet would that be? They'd be inner city rival UCLA. Uh, UCLA was the number one seed for the entire tournament. Again, in Gulf Shores, uh, it's amazing having all these teams coming into Alabama uh, to do this and – uh, that that's USC's third straight title, though. Yeah, that's that is interesting, and yes. uh, and unfortunately, it's past tense for the time being. Right? It was neat having them in Gulf Shores. I guess they go back. We may we may have one more year. Right? We got a look. I can't remember, okay. but uh, they are taking it back to California for a couple of years, and then we're trying to get it back. And I hope I hope uh, we can as a state. That'll be good. Well, if we do have it in twenty four, I say road trip. Oh man, uh, well, let's go! It'd do be it. a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, hey, congrats, Meryl Stewart, and everybody over at Stewart and Perry. Uh, I saw this. They have been in their uh, in their office out there. Uh, I believe it was for fifteen years. They it, that was a rough looking spot. Is kind of an old lake out there yeah, that was yeah. you know a bunch of coal mine stuff near it and didn't look very good. But that is a show place in Birmingham now. Oof. They got like a farm element to it and uh, yeah. just super good they did a great job with that so congrats to all of them yeah that is that's fantastic uh listen there's um uh we're talking about hospitality which is coming in i saw two articles this week that were very interesting to me about local hospitality right and so one of them is uh believe it or not there is in the plans a four-story bed and breakfast planned to go across from brock's gap brewing right there by the hoover met and the concept is and i think it's kind of brilliant is that you know there are so many youth organizations we had john lida in here talking about the finley center and all yeah, the gigantic so much going on uh, out there i mean amazing uh youth tournaments that are going on whether it's basketball well, plus just or volleyball all the, plus all just the neighborhoods there like oh for uh, sure 
I don't know. When I go visit, I don't always like staying with somebody. So yeah. to have something like that right by where you're going. Well, and, and Hoover, uh, you know, passed a, a rule where you can't do Airbnb stuff. And so this fits a demand. Uh, the point being that there are a lot of families that travel together for their soccer tournaments or their basketball tournaments or their volleyball tournaments. And they don't want to get broken up into a hotel room uh, at night and, and, and get separated out. They'd like to hang out the whole weekend. So this is going to be 18 units in a four-story complex. It's really chic, really good looking. Um, and it'll it'll uh, house between six to ten people, and so you'll be able to kind of keep the band together uh, throughout that entire weekend, or the, or you know the the several days that you're together for yeah. the, whatever event that you're in town for. For example, we've got the SEC tournament coming up, and so uh, you know maybe you're in town for the SEC tournament and want to watch your team, uh, you know, throughout the entire course of hopefully their drive to the national championship. And you could do that in a really cool setting just across the street from the Brock's Gap Brewing Company, which is right there essentially. Yeah on the campus what was the other uh, uh, the, the other one was called the painted lady and uh, this oh, is yeah. interesting ward neely you were saying uh, you think is one of the owners that uh, we need to get ward back on and talk about yeah, i kinda, think this is all kind of part of that uh that battery complex yeah, he's made down there yeah. well it, it, what's interesting is we now have i didn't realize we're calling it this it's 22nd street and second avenue south but we're calling it the Birmingham Automotive Historic District, which I get it. Yep. That's where some historic, uh, uh, you know, automotive car dealerships used to be. Uh, but the Painted Lady's going to have 22 rooms, a lobby coffee shop, a bar, brewery, and some retail space on the first floor. But it's going to be uh, run by Lark Hotels, which has, I was looking at the, up their properties, and, man, they've got some really neat guest house concepts and, and uh, you know, same kind of thing where it's not just necessarily a hotel but perhaps a guest house, but also some small guest ho- uh, hotels and, and this will be, again, a 22-room hotel that will be run by Lark Hotels. Most of theirs are up in the, the New England area, and i got to say they look pretty fantastic, in addition to one in Asheville, North Carolina. So we may need to check out the Lark Hotel inventory and, uh, and promote them as they come in and work with Ward on this painted lady in the automotive historic district of the Magic City. Yeah. Hey, I was going to say congrats to uh, my buddy Brian Holt over at South Pace Properties. He was actually in on that deal bringing Pop Stroke to Tuscaloosa oh, yeah, down yeah, there, yeah. which uh, Pop Stroke is kind of like a newer version of Top Golf. Looks really cool. Uh, yeah, like a, I guess it's a competitor to Top Golf. Sure. But, uh, it does look cool. They got like a like a putting, putting green area course. Too, yeah. uh, I don't want to call it like goofy golf because uh, yeah, yeah. it doesn't have the clown or the, I wish it had the volcano, clown. but it, it, yeah. it they have some challenging little, little uh, putting areas, putting areas yeah. out there. So that's kind of cool. And uh, I, They I, also have Tiger Woods as a backer. Yeah, as a, as a backer, so they're yeah. going to do good. Uh, congrats also to uh, Oil Equipment Company in Trustful. They have been selected as a Circle of Excellence Award winner oh. for the 2022 year for, uh, I think you say this, uh, uh, Gilbarco, Gilbarco maybe, uh, Vidir Root. Anyway, they're yeah. the people that sell all the fuel pumping systems oh, and gotcha, convenience gotcha. store stuff. Yeah, and uh, Oil Equipment Company is you know based in our area, and they, they build uh, these things all over like the south and, and beyond probably for what I know. But congrats to them. Gilbarco, Gilbarco, Say it that yeah, way. Gilbarco, Vendor Root, GV-R. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Well, yeah, they're fantastic for Oil Equipment Company. Yeah, right there in Trustville. A lot of good things going on in Trustville. By the way, Corbo uh, Wine Bar, I think is what it's called, is the newest addition to their entertainment district, which is so well done. If you haven't seen, if you haven't been to Trustville, let me just say, this isn't your grandfather's Trustville. Uh, what they've done over there in that entertainment district is fantastic and needs to be seen. Yeah. Hey, I was sad to see where Denny Crum, the longtime you yeah. know, Louisville basketball coach, passed away this week. He was 86, but uh, just phenomenal career. Yeah. Uh, a couple of national titles, a bunch of Final Fours, uh, 
tons of wins, big games, all For that. Sure. And they were actually, I don't know if anybody remembers it, but they were actually one of the participants in the game. Everybody points that says it led to this new era of basketball. For sure. When they played uh, Houston's Foslama Jamma uh, back in 83, uh, that game was just end-to-end dunks. Uh, I sure. still remember watching it. and uh, But then somehow – uh, Houston ended up winning and had the just phenomenal team, but then they got beat by Jim Valvano's, yeah. like slowed them down, and NC they State. were the old school, I guess, part of basketball. Just but, win, baby. Yeah, but I was going to say, Denny Crum has a, he served up a big heartbreak here in Birmingham. Yeah. Uh, it, which is just an amazing story in itself. Gene Barto, you know, came. Founded, uh, started UAB's basketball, at, or really their athletic program, but basketball program started it. Uh, left UCLA, was a huge deal, came to uh, UAB to to start a basketball program. And I think this was four, maybe five years later. Yeah. They played, they played Denny Crum in Louisville <laughs> yeah. for a chance to go to the Final Four. And I, I didn't I think remember. all that. I just remember it being good then. But you look back and think about in in basically four years, going from not having a program to almost getting to the Final Four, that's amazing. Um, I'll tell you what's really interesting about that. I I think it's interesting anyway. Um, I I was in Denver at the time, uh, so I was attending Powell Junior High School in Littleton, Colorado. Yeah. And what was crazy is, you know, because, again, this is 1982. uh, TV is TV, but there's just a few networks. I mean, you know, not everybody knows things nationally or globally the way that they do today. Uh, and I just remember being in PE, and yeah. a kid shows up with a UAB shirt. I'd never even <laughs> yeah, heard of that. What, what is, is that? that? And by golly, I ended up, you know, of course, being compelled into the story and became a UAB fan out in Littleton, Colorado, as I was hoping well, for them I to tell, be I the still, Cinderella story. I still remember that game. That game was here in Birmingham at the BJCC. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, so, gosh, it, it's it, the story itself is good, but if they just could have won and got to the Final Four, I mean – uh, but Denny Crum, anyway, uh, so long to him. This may not be quite the Cinderella story, but it could it could be a Cinderella story, and that is our own Birmingham Legion, right? Yes. So I, I still don't quite understand this. But so, uh, so Lamar Hunt, you know, of Kansas yeah. City Chief fame, uh, this is called the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. And there were teams that were invited into this, and, and these teams play each other in a, a single elimination tournament that is – extra to their league so the teams are playing their own league play and then they play this u.s open cup games outside of that well the 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 legion were in the round of 32 and uh this week they beat memphis 901 which is really their big rival uh they ended up playing them in the u.s open cup they beat them three to nothing uh to advance so now we're in the sweet 16 uh it looks like the legion will take on mls newcomer charlotte fc uh at protective stadium this will be uh wednesday the 24th at 7 p.m., show out for your legion for sure. But I was noticing that Birmingham is by far the smallest city of the surviving 16. Yeah. I think Austin might be the next smallest. I was looking it up, and we were talking about this in the car. I consider uh, our population to be the metro area, right? So the Hoovers and the Mountain Brooks, and you know whether I'm right or wrong, it lists that the metro area for Birmingham is about 863,000. I don't know whether that's true. That's just what I found. Austin metro area is apparently 2.4 million. So we are one third the size of the next smallest uh, uh, city out there in the Sweet 16. So pull, for heaven's sakes, get out there and pull for your Birmingham Legion at Protective Stadium against the Charlotte FC. And by the way, this is kind of cool because, again, those are extra league games. On the 20th, four days before at 6.30 at Protective Stadium, your Birmingham Legion will take on El Paso Locomotive FC. And I just think that's a cool name. We need to go take on El Paso, too. Matt, how about this? Airbus down in Mobile, uh, they opened that facility in 2015 making planes. They they delivered uh, their 100th plane just to Delta 
uh, here recently, and you know, Katie Britt was down there, and all the dignitaries uh, yeah, slapping yeah. him on the back. But uh, oh, for sure, man, that's awesome. Another big uh, accomplishment for our state or a, a company based here. And so Airbus is mobile plant, a hundred planes to Delta, to Delta alone. Yeah, and those, you know, those planes. Um, that's not a paper airplane. Those are some pretty pretty big jetliners. Those yep. are difficult to put together. Yeah, congratulations to Airbus. Yeah. Uh, what else we got here, Brock? I got, uh, hey, uh, back down around Mobile, the uh, Sebastian Maniscalco, Robert De Niro movie uh, about my father is coming out May 26th. Yeah. I think that's on Netflix, but uh, I'm not sure exactly where all it's coming, but uh, that's coming out May 26th, but all that was, or a lot of that was shot down around Mobile, yeah. uh, so that ought to be good. I'm going to catch that. Yeah, that's cool. Also out of Mobile, uh, USA, South Alabama, yeah. and Spring Hill College, both Really uh, fascinating and, and uh, interesting and, and valued alums of this show. Uh, they had the same commencement speaker. And yeah, I didn't name, know that. I saw where yeah. uh, Spring Hill did, but tell them about yeah, it. Yeah, Lonnie Johnson uh, is his name. He's a Mobile native. He's an engineer. I he want has, Lonnie on the show. He, well, I do too. He has 140 different patents. I mean, it's a big deal to go get a patent done. He has 140 of them, but his biggest, at least the most notorious, I think, for people who are listening, he invented the super soaker. I call it squirt gun. I think they call it water cannon. But in any event, he he invented that rascal, uh, and along with 139 other patents, it's given him the juice to go out and be a justifiable uh, um, commencement speaker yeah. for Spring Hill College and South Alabama. So congratulations to those institutions. And to your point, yeah, I'd love to get Mr. Johnson on the air and uh, find out his story. Yeah, uh, man, hey, uh, way to go to Ferris Malky and Cahapa Cycles family over there. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, great folks, but they uh, have celebrated 40 years in business, man, Oof. and where they started out with a uh, with the one store there in Cahaba Heights area, yep. they have branched out. Um Gadsden. They now got the original, which has moved down the street a little bit. But Gadsden, Oak Mountain, Trustful, Homewood, great job all them. Uh, they just do, uh, if you're into mountain biking or really any kind of biking, they uh, have everything you need. Go check them out. I was thinking about that Oak Mountain location, right? They got there just in time for the amphitheater to announce that they're leaving. But, you know, there's a big uh, area there that they need to do something with. Maybe that needs to be a bike park, huh? Yeah, it could be. I mean, you don't know. Uh, hey, man, I just this was a tidbit I just found interesting. San Diego uh, the Tourism Authority had posted something the other day. 28.8 million people visited the San Diego area uh, during 2022 and spent $13.6 billion in that area. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, that is. I don't know how they track that, and I don't know how we track it locally here, but I don't think we had 28.8 million people show up here. No, no. But 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 we do have a lot more than I think people think, and, and uh, this city is getting greater and greater, grander and grander, as is, quite frankly, the state, right? We need more stuff. We need, we need our sky buckets. Yeah. Yeah, we're we sure. need uh, whatever yeah. else we can think of, you know. To An amphitheater up at, uh, at, at Vulcan. At the Vulcan. Holy cow, says, don't yeah. you know? Uh, there yeah. was a story in here somewhere that Colorado yeah. Colorado Springs actually yeah. is building an amphitheater, and it's going to have an event center and a restaurant oh, for attached sure. to it that'll be yeah. like year-round stuff. And I've said forever, why don't we do that at Vulcan? Vulcan's, yeah. Vulcan's cool the way it is. Yeah. But imagine if it was actually like a like a draw up there. Vulcan, you're perfect just the way you are now. Change. Yeah, now That's change. what we want you to do. Yeah. You know, but uh, I think Vulcan overlooking yeah. The amphitheater and the event center would be awesome. Uh, interesting. Uh, Little Donkey. Uh, it, that's uh, the, the the Mexican restaurant that started up there in Homewood. Yeah. Did you know it started up there in Homewood 11 years ago? It's celebrating its 11th anniversary. How about that? Yeah. Man, 11 years there. Mm-hmm. Jordan Restaurants. I was. Uh, I saw this. You know, they own uh, Longhorn Steakhouse and Olive Garden, Seasons 52, like a ton oh, of yeah, other brands. Yeah, They're sure. huge. But they bought Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Yeah, for just uh, a couple bucks. Yeah, $715 million. <laughs> and uh, 
that you know, Ruth's Chris was originally started in New Orleans as Chris's Steakhouse, yeah. and then a lady named Ruth uh, bought it. So it was Ruth's, and then Chris. it's Ruth Chris's, or whatever, however you say it. But uh, they've been open since 1927. But going in there, but they had uh, 154 locations around wow. the world, and. Um, a lot of them are really, really nice looking, and, and uh, you know we have yeah, one yeah. here. And at the uh, do you go to the steakhouses much? I don't really I like, like Perry's or uh, what's the one at the Summit up there. Uh, yeah, they're I, really good. I just never. Yeah, Flemings and uh, Flemings. That's yeah, what I was Flemings thinking of. And Perry's, and you know, I mean, d- depending, you could look at even Helen downtown. They've got a heck of a steak. Yeah, that's ooh, ooh, it's really good. Yeah, we've got a lot of good. But I honestly haven't been to the one at Embassy Suites there in Homewood. I need need to go check. Yeah, it out. we need to. But uh, hey, man, let's go on ahead and go to the uh, Truett Insurance and Bonding Hot. Line and talk with Bo Benton because I'm really uh, interested in all of this. Bo Benton, hello. Hey, Bo, are you with us? Good morning, guys. Love to hear you guys talking about tourism and people spending money. <laughs> I tell you what, that? Man, that doesn't make sense. Why would you want that? I've been I've been excited <laughs> about this, man, for weeks uh, to talk to you. We we do so many of these hotel stories and all. I want to get somebody yeah, with some inside sure. knowledge. You know? Yeah. You, you really don't want to know. Uh, they're, they're, <laughs> It is it is the the craziest twenty four seven business you could ever imagine. I, I mean, it, I, I want to get into that, but uh, let's say uh, we're talking with Bo Benton with right. LBA Hospitality. You're the president there. Y'all are down in Dothan, and uh, for those who don't know, y'all are one of the uh, I guess bigger, better hotel management companies in the country. I just saw where you were officially in the top twenty, and was it Hotel Management Magazine? Yeah, that's correct. Both Hotel uh, Management and Hotel Business Magazine ranked us uh, right out the top 20 of hotel management companies in the country. But We're really excited about that. One of the questions we have, you know, when you get onto your website, it lists a gigantic portfolio of, uh, of properties all across the country. Um, and, and if you're uh, if you're like me, you tend to categorize things. So I saw a lot of courtyards by Marriott, and I saw a lot of Fairfield Inns, which is a Marriott concept. But then I also saw Hampton Inns by Hilton. And one of the things Tony and I were talking about, we weren't sure. Do, do you manage those, or do you also own? Did you construct? And, but what's yeah? What, what's what's and the a, nature? And a sub question too. Yeah. I'm fascinated with once you kind of start going into a into a brand development or, or management contract, do you kind of stay within that brand, or do you branch to anything, or how does that work? Yeah. For for us, kind of the, the the long story short, we started as owners and developers. Okay. And primarily developed Marriott properties, started with the Fairfield Inns, courtyards, residence inns, those type things. Sure. And in 2005, we sold off our portfolio and became fully third-party managers. Ah, okay. So okay. At, at this point, even if we develop a property, we sell it off and continue to manage. Okay. Um, over those years, we've kind of equalized the portfolio between Marriott and Hilton. Um, and as a developer, it just kind of gives you another uh, tool in the tool chest, so to speak. When you're when you're going into a new market, I think Marriott now has 30-something brands. Uh, Hilton adds another brand or two a year, it seems like. Sure. So just a lot of different choices, but trying to stay in mostly those upper-tier brands that you know, you know what you're going to get when you when you book that run. I'm guessing that that this, like so many things, is a you know business is a matter of relationships, and it can't hurt that you have those obvious relationships with the Marriott personnel with whom you'd coordinate, and the Hilton uh, personnel with whom you'd coordinate as you as you manage all these properties for various owners across the country. Is that true? That that is, and 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 both of those uh, 
organizations do a great job of listening to the people on the ground that are that are living it every day. And so I myself serve on some committees for Hilton. Uh, my chief operating officer, she serves on uh, a couple with Marriott. So it really keeps you in the know of kind of what's what's coming down the pike is, as well as, like you said, it all comes back to personal relationships at the end of the day. So spending spending time with those people pays off. Hey, let me let me ask you this. There, uh, I've, I had a story here last week, and we didn't get to it. But uh, Hilton, you just mentioned, you know, they come up with a couple of new brands a year. You know, why do they like? I've read a story. They're coming up with a new one that they haven't named yet. Uh, that they say is going to be kind of a little bit underneath that uh, Home Two Sweets brand they've got. Why do they uh, come up with a new brand versus trying to dig in, like you know, and just capture everybody at the existing stuff? Since there's so many, is it just like a new concept brings more people, or what's the thinking on that? Yeah, it. You know, as you know, the generations evolve. I think it's the biggest thing. Um, you, you know, the generation that started with courtyard and the traditional uh, breakfast buffet and those type things. Um, you know, the, the 25 year old, that doesn't appeal to them. Yeah. The Starbucks model appeals to them, the bistro type, type thing. And so, as a matter of fact, you mentioned home two, our company built the first ever home two in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Oh, wow. Um, How about that? And, and it was, it, it was funny. Hilton built it to appeal to that, you know, 25 to 35 year old extended stay traveler that maybe didn't have the budget to stay in a residence in or a homewood. Okay. Real quickly, it was just a hit. It was kind of the Hampton of the extended stay world. Um, it took off, and they quickly had to kind of adjust some things like the food and beverage options to meet that broader uh, spectrum. But I, I think it's, you know, new typically wins over old. So uh, I think the brands just realize they have to evolve yeah, uh, to keep up with the different generations. I and, and without naming any names, I, I've got one in mind. I remember a friend of mine told me to stay at this place, and it was uh, it was a new brand at the time, and they had like stripped everything down, so you didn't have to pay as much. And I remember going in, and it was like rubber floors instead of. I mean, it, it, it wasn't great. And I was like, I mean, I know this is new, but I, yeah. I, I'm not enjoying this. Well, but one of the things, no, I, 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 one of the things I was interested in. Forgive me. I, you know, we were talking about. Um, uh, we, we've got the Hoover Met area up here, and it has uh, the Finley Center. And so you have all these giant um, uh, groups of people who come in for these uh, soccer tournaments and volleyball tournaments, and they stay for several days. We have, for example, the SEC baseball tournament coming up. And what, what folks around that area have discovered is uh, when, when groups travel together, whether it's parents on a, on a soccer team or whatever, uh, they have a tendency now, sort of what you're saying, not to want to get broken up into little hotel rooms, but they'd like to kind of hang out uh, for that entire time. And so, for example, there's a bed and breakfast concept that they're looking at uh, building across from, from the Hoover Met. And I've noticed that, uh, uh, you know, there's a big resort in Frisco, Texas that just ended, but it has 10 ranch houses that are connected to it. Are you seeing some of that too, where, where the push is to get away from just the little hotel? hotel room but allow groups like that to, to stay together we we are and even in the more traditional hotel we're seeing where um uh element by weston which is marriott product okay has developed this room that is basically four hotel rooms connected to one common area ah. and it's it's a great concept you can you can basically lock the rooms off and sell it as as individual rooms 
or if you've got that family coming in for a family reunion or, or the, the travel ball team, they can then have this kind of large kitchen area, you know, big TVs, couches, those kind of things, and then you retreat to your own room, uh, you know, when the, when the socializing's over. That's sort so, of like student uh, living, isn't it? I mean, if you think about yeah, it, the way they yeah. kind of move dorms, yeah. Yeah, very, very similar. So, uh, you know, people are, people are social animals. Um, I think you're seeing it also just with lobby space. Uh, where it was traditionally just maybe a, a place for continental breakfast in the morning. Sure. The brands are a lot more open into to work areas. Yeah, sure. uh, you see kind of little cubicle areas a lot in the courtyard right. uh, where people can kind of get off. You can do job interviews, those type things. Yeah, this it really is interesting. I mean, you know, you, you look at all the different brands out there, and some of the brands are wanting to be kind of high energy, and you've got the music playing in the uh, uh, in the lobby area, and some of them have a you know a bar that opens up around five o'clock. And to your point, some of them are workspaces. So it really is interesting these different brands attacking kind of to Tony's point, different market niches, yeah. huh? Yeah, and I saw where y'all just picked up. Uh, I think it was the Avid property and yeah, down in Florida. Yeah. Uh, that that's kind yeah. of brand new news for you. That's congrats on that. Yeah, uh, are y'all sure. seeing more of that brand coming into your portfolio? I, I believe we will. It is, you know, when I was growing up, I, I'll be I'll be fifty uh, fifty five later this year. So <laughs> you know, when I, when I was growing up, the the green sign, the Holiday Inn, was the place to be, sure. and you know, they for years it, it didn't get renovated, didn't get renovated, and so now, kind of the baby brand of Holiday Inn Express is the power brand yeah, in, sure. in the IHG brand. Well, they've come in with, like you said, they want something a little more hip, a little more trendy, and that's where the Avid kind of fits okay. in there, uh, right in kind of the a little below the swim lane of the of the Holiday Inn Express. Uh, but I think you'll see that, like you've seen the true. On, yeah, the, sure, uh, sure. on the on the on the Hilton side, so we're excited about that brand and think it's got a lot of a lot of upside going forward. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, by the way, you're listening to Truett News Radio, and we're on the air right now with Bo Benton, the president of LBA Hospitality. And it strikes me, you know, doing what you're doing, you really have a finger on the pulse of what's going on throughout the country's economy, don't you? We we do. It's it's interesting if you go if you go back to to 2020. Uh, and, uh, you know, you were hearing the, the, the things about COVID and, you know, in our area, I think we were kind of blowing it off. This isn't going, it isn't going to affect me. And I came back in the office one Monday morning and, and Oof. all I heard about was all our cancellations in, yeah. in Orlando yeah, well, and bet. some of our bigger, our, our bigger cities and people not traveling. And, you know, by Wednesday of that week, they'd shut down the SEC tournament and, you know, all of a sudden, you you go from a, a great year to, you know, how do how do we keep people employed? How do we take care of our people? Sure. And so, um, we we have a lot of forward looking data, and and so it's interesting right now when you hear all the economic news and all the noise out there, you 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 think things are terrible, but our our booking patterns are are stronger than they were in two thousand nineteen. Oh so, wow! It does uh, seem like people, people are wanting to get out. Yeah, people. I, I I think especially the 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 younger generation. You know, you know, our our parents travel because you had to. Right. Um. I think people today travel because they want to. Yeah. That's um. It's almost it's almost a, a, a given right. My uh my daughter and her friends in it and even living in Atlanta and having everything to do at their fingertips, they're constantly going somewhere. Uh. You, you know and. 
and and traveling and so it's it's about experiences and not just uh you know, a, a destination or a, or a, an event that you have to get to. And, yeah. and kind of to what we're talking about, right, that being generational, that is the demand then that you all need with respect to your properties and those different destinations, right? Exactly. You mentioned travel ball a while ago. Sure. Um, thank, thank God everybody thinks little Johnny's going to play in the major leagues <laughs> right, now. Right, <laughs> right. Just ask them. You, yeah. you know, when, when I got into this business almost 20 years ago, our, our courtyards ran great occupancies during the week but on the weekend it was like okay what are we going who, who's going to stay here uh and right. today you know whether it's travel baseball volleyball soccer lacrosse all of those really provide an opportunity uh in our industry for the weekend well and it's and i mean it's it's creating a, a ton of good uh I, I don't know if tourism is the word but uh you know just ton of activity for like towns I, I look impact. at foley yeah. alabama and sure. oxford alabama that have built these big complexes and they stay <laughs> full all the time oh, for sure know? yeah i think it, it it really has given the tertiary and secondary markets that opportunity to compete with the big boys yeah. um, it was it was funny you mentioned oxford last night i've got a i've got a nephew playing there this week in the <laughs> uh in the in the junior college uh tournament i've got that? a uh his his brother will be there next week playing in the state high school baseball yeah. tournament. My wife says, "What is going on in Oxford, Alabama?" <laughs> and oh, uh, it, you know, I said, "I said they build it and they will come." And, no doubt, uh, yeah. they've well, def- definitely done that. Hey, and and by the way, Truett Insurance and Bonding did the bond on oh. uh, the park, Chakalako Park over <laughs> oh, there. Nice, so nice. Uh, if anybody's, yeah, anybody that, needs one, anyway. we'll be glad to do it for yeah, you. Yeah, uh, but, hey, one other question before we got to get out of here, too. I mean, it just seems like hotel development is booming. I mean, absolutely yeah. booming. Every time I look in, in any in industry, uh, regardless of the industry, but, I mean, I was reading, I think, this morning or last night, you know, Austin, they've got another, like, 30-story hotel and yeah. uh, from from just basic brands everybody's familiar with to these up, upscale and then boutique brands. I mean, do you see that slowing down, or uh, what are your thoughts on the, where we're going? The, the, if, the, if you start seeing the rates come back down uh, from, a, from an interest standpoint, yeah. I think there there's a lot in the pipeline that people can't pull the trigger on right now that makes sense. To, to, to bring to fruition. Um, lending rates, uh, you know, went from 4% to, I've seen some in our industry, 9 10%. Oh, wow. As people yeah. get a little bit scared uh, of, of the economy. So if you can see that come back down even in the in the sixth range, I think you'll see a lot of projects come out of the ground because the, the industry is so strong right now. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, so there's a tension really in there between the rates and, and what the market wants to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah. Bo, we gotta we gotta wrap up. Uh, is there anything? I would love to keep talking to you, but is there anything you'd like to say to to close it out? No, just appreciate you guys having me and and getting to share about uh, you know our company and our people. Very proud of them. Uh, our, our group of, of Marriott GMs have been out in Anaheim all week at a Marriott conference and have brought home some great awards, so extremely proud of them. And I want to wish all the mothers out there a great Mother's Day weekend. Yeah, for sure. Well, man, thanks so much for uh, getting up early and, uh, and being on with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Bo. Not a problem. All right, enjoy your guys. weekend. See ya. 
All right, y'all too. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's Bo Benton, the president of LBA Hospitality with some award-winning GMs I, on the Marriott side. I'm going to go see him because I want to yeah. hear some of these stories that there's no way he could tell on the radio. You <laughs> sure know, dealing right. with people, I'm there sure is some crazy true. stuff has yeah, happened. Absolutely. Uh, hey, let me tell you about Truett Insurance and Bonding real quick. Uh, outside of the fact we bonded the Chacalaco Park uh, oh, nice, yeah. Uh, project. Uh, yeah, we do uh, contractors. We'd love to work with you. We do a ton of bid payment and performance bonds. We also do uh, probate bonds and uh, uh, whatever else of license and permit all kinds of stuff so uh anything on that side we'd love to work with you with on the other side i know we wrote a garage this week and we did a builder's risk for somebody and uh wrote two or three other things we got an office uh here in birmingham one in daphne and uh in beautiful tallassee alabama yes so if we can help you in any way we would love to do it love working with landscapers hvac people condo associations uh basically uh most of the business owners, we can help you out, so we'd love to do it. Uh, keep us in mind, Truett Insurance and Bonding. Do it with Truett. Hey, listen, uh, you know, we're on the air up in Huntsville. Yes. Ump. Yeah, and they've got a baseball team it. called the Rocket City Trash Pandas, which I, I don't think I can say that enough. They've I love doing, the name <laughs> Rocket City name. Trash Pandas. They've been doing good, too. Well, I noticed they had a blurb the other day that uh, they're just about to start. They're all-you-can-eat Wednesdays, right? Did you catch that? All-you-can-eat Wednesdays. At the so stadium. Every ticket has $9 added on to it, and for that $9, you get all you can, unlimited access access, as they call it, to hot dogs, burgers, fries, nachos, popcorn, and fountain drinks. Now, by the way, Edgar's and the adult libations, they still cost extra. But for heaven's sakes, they have Edgar's up there at uh, at that field with the trash pandas. So be sure to, to mark your calendars for the Wednesdays. Get out there and just get basically unlimited, uh, unlimited drinks. Again, non-adult drinks, unlimited fountain drinks, and uh, all the goodness that you would basically associate with a ballpark right there as you take on or watch your trash pandas take on the newcomers. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to hit you with an insurance story right now from Insurance Journal. I was reading it. Uh, The COVID shutdown stuff is still people are battling about this. Uh, Business income coverage. uh, Right. Basically, you've got to have a trigger, okay? So on your property, if if you had like a fire, okay, and it shuts you down, uh, you can have a coverage known as business income, which would pay for your employees and things while sure, you're shut sure. down and rebuilding. Okay. Well, COVID, the government shut down, uh, particularly restaurants, but a lot of a lot of businesses file claims yeah. for business income for coverage, sure. uh, saying that that they're you know they deserved uh, payment for all this. And the courts have ruled basically with the insurance companies. Uh, saying there there was no trigger, there there wasn't physical damage to your property. So attorneys, everybody's been battling this out. The, an interesting case just came up in uh, that has been going on down in New Orleans. The Oceana Grill, um, they I'm trying to remember the right way. It was voted against at the beginning, then it went yeah. to the appeals court, and the appeals court actually reversed and said that it should be covered. Uh, but then it's gone all the way up to the Supreme Court in Louisiana who just uh, said in a 5-2 decision that there is not any coverage for this. Uh, So it's really kind of fascinating to watch it uh, going back out. But, again, the vast majority of them so far have, uh, like almost all of them actually, have gone to the insurance company side. There's no trigger. There is no trigger. There is no coverage there. But it's just interesting to to watch and see how that's played out. Well, honestly, if if – it's decided on a macro level that there is a trigger. Um, you know, there have already been massive insurance losses and massive yeah. payouts. And um, I don't, you know, it, it'd be interesting to see if the insurance industry could even handle that. I, I was just, just about to say, I don't, I don't, I don't know that they could. I think yeah. that would bankrupt the yeah. industry actually, if um, all of that went that way. And you know, the problem that you've got is 
you know, one of the things by, you know, deciding that it was a national state of emergency that was supposed to quote unquote, and I, I don't want to use this term now because it's a term of art with respect to these types of opinions, but it was supposed to sort of trigger some different events, right? Uh, but it isn't a physical trigger to the point, uh, you know, of, of like a flood loss or a tornado yeah. or, you know, devastation or, or a fire loss. And so, yeah, I, th- I think they've got to be careful as they go through this. And the fact of the matter is, uh, back when a lot of these insurance policies were written, I don't think anybody really envisioned a pandemic uh, to come in here and, and have the government shut down these, these um, uh, facilities. And so uh, I, I would imagine that on a level – this type of thing is relatively unaddressed. Now that goes into well, some ambiguous concepts, but again, I, you've got this physical yeah. trigger, which is a, a, a prerequisite. Yeah, which which didn't happen. Right, um, right. But uh, they're trying to say that the, I guess that the virus got on the wall, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, whatever. Right, so, right, right. Right. I don't know. Here's one more little insurance uh, market tidbit. You know, property insurance has just been going through the roof. Yeah, Commercial right. property stuff. And uh, for, good Lord, particularly at uh, on the coast, is, is yes. almost impossible to place right now. But uh, this little tidbit says a lot about it to me. Uh, from 2012 to 2017, there was one catastrophe loss of $10 billion just or more. One. Just, just one. one during that time. In the next five years, there have been nine of those. Oof. So, I mean, all of that money being paid out. And this and a lot of other things, reinsurance for the companies, uh, different things, but have driven rates just sky high on that. Oh, man. All right. Uh, man, let's go back to the... Truett Insurance and Bonding Hotline. That's right. Josh, are you with us? Hey, Josh. I am. Hey, hey. Jo- this is Josh Luger with Capital Tacos, man. And again, we couldn't be more excited to have you join us this morning. Thanks for fitting us in. I'm a, I want to talk soon about Let's flavor profiles. I want to talk about flavor profiles in a minute. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, you are one of the co-founders of Capital Tacos, which we do not have in Alabama yet, but uh, y'all are a fast-growing brand. Reinventing Tex-Mex. Yeah, and uh, man, it sounds awesome. You, it, y'all are in uh, in Florida, but you got exciting news. You're going into new markets and breaking new ground. Uh, Alabama, man, Alabama, I, can, Alabama, Alabama. <laughs> yeah, bring it, bring Alabama. it. Uh, man, tell us just a little bit about the backstory of it, and then, uh, man, let's go from there, okay? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so we're... Uh, uh, based in Tampa, Florida, we've eight stores in Tampa and Orlando. We both have corporate stores and franchises. Uh, and we're about to expand, as you said, across South Florida, Atlanta. So getting close to Alabama, Charlotte. We even have a franchisee out in Colorado. And oh, nice. Um, so yeah, exciting times. And just taking a step back, you know, Capital Tacos is founded. Our tenth birthday is coming up uh, actually next month. Um, well, happy birthday, you know, early birthday. I, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, and really the mission from the beginning was, was as you said, reinvent Tex-Mex. And you go back 10 years ago, uh, you know, when you look at the Tex-Mex and Mexican category, you know, from a chain perspective, it was really Chipotle and Taco Bell. And the feeling was, you know, we could shoot for something a little different, a little bit higher. So, you know, our version on it, we run a scra- true scratch kitchen. We make dozens of homemade recipes every single day. We literally grill every single item to order. Yeah. Um, so we put a lot of work into it, and you said inventive is the word. I mean, we really view the tortilla as a blank canvas, and so it excites us when you combine, you know, different American flavors, you know, all across the country with, with Mexican flavors all across the country. You have a really wide canvas to kind of work with. So for us, uh, we have, you know, we work with a dozen different proteins, dozen different sauces, tons of homemade toppings. We serve tacos, burritos, bowls, nachos, fries, inventive sides and starters, and so... You know, tacos is in our name, but tacos are actually less than a third of what we sell because we just have so many things on the menu. So we're super excited to, uh, you know, we, we built our brand up in, in the Tampa area and now in Orlando. We're super excited to get out there across the southeast and out in Colorado and, uh, 
you know, share the business opportunity. It's not just, as I said, corporate stores, but with franchisees uh, across the country. You know, Josh, it's interesting, and I'm by far a civilian with respect to the the restaurant industry, but I've watched my fair share of these uh, restaurant, you know, renovation shows, uh, you know, the the (laughs) Gordon Ramsay's going out there. And and what strikes me, uh, again, as a civilian is, to me, it is common sense, which doesn't make me right. It's common sense that fresh ingredients equals better food. And, you know, consistently and constantly you'll see these folks go into these restaurants and they, you know, do everything uh, pre-made, you know, microwave, zap fry, whatever. And so I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by, you know, you leading with we have fresh flavors. We yeah. do everything from scratch. And that just seems to be elementary, uh, a good concept to me. Well, and also, how do you keep the consistency? Like, as you start growing out, I mean, it, I could see where, you know, one or two, it's easy to say these are going to be the same. How do I mean, I mean, that's got to be a gigantic challenge across the brand as you grow it. Yeah, well, you guys, uh, you said you might be civilians, but you hit the nail on the head. I mean, that really is, people can taste the difference, you know, and so yes. they know if you put it in the work or not. And, sure. uh, you know, anyone who's in the restaurant business is also going to restaurants. And so, we, you know, anyone can taste the difference. And so uh, consistency, that is the, that's the, that's the bread and butter of, uh, of success. If you have a great product, it's only as good as you are consistent. Um, and so to your point, we spent a lot of time getting to the point when, you know, I said we're about 10 years old. So we've had folks, you know, one of the benefits of being in Florida is folks come, come from across the country yeah. and they, sure. for years, they've been saying, Hey, bring this back to my state or, you know, we don't have anything like this. And we've taken our time. So we've spent a lot of time, years and years, my partner and I, in terms of building out the systems, building out the processes, making it so that, you know, someone, you know, anyone can come in off the street know clearly how to make each one of our recipes, know how to make the, you know, the tacos or whatever they're making on the line with, with great, you know, recipe systems, kitchen display systems, make it very easy for them. And then, you know, operational management in terms of training and oversight of managers. Um, and just really, you know, from day one, you know, combined with those systems, making clear to folks, you know, what, you know, that come in and work for us, what we're about. And, you know, People who work for us take a, take pride and have a passion in working for a scratch kitchen. Some of the menu items on our menu actually were inspired or created by team members. So once you have that, I think it's really a combination of culture and the systems and the training um, that lets people really take pride in what we're doing, understand why we're doing what we're doing, what's important to get to that consistency, and constant training, constant oversight. Um, you know, that's what's given us the confidence to say, hey, well, now we're ready to go. And I think we pair that with, again, a big reason why we, you know, we're going – uh, we, we've, excited, we, we've decided to share the opportunity with, with business owners across the country uh, is because, you know, franchisees, you know, they treat it like their own business because it is their own business. And so they're looking at every recipe every single day. They're doing the line checks every single morning. If something is made a little bit different or wrong, they'll toss it and throw it out. And so having that ownership mindset in, in, in stores is super important because when you make 50 or 60 recipes a day and you're grilling everything to order, um, you need to really have that passion for making sure every single customer is getting the absolute best version of what we do. But no doubt, you guys hit the nail on the head. That is the most challenging part about what we do. Is uh, on our best days, you know, we're we're, we're awesome, and we got to make sure every single day yeah. is one of our best days. You're listening to Truett News Radio, and we're on the air right now with Josh Luger, the co-founder of Capital Tacos. And you know, I mean, if you if you go through what you just said, I mean, it's really a matter of quality of life, right? With respect to those uh, those business partners who who own these uh, these franchise locations, and the freedom that you give the staffs to go out there and and be who they want to be. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know we like to say um, you know we don't take ourselves seriously, but we take our food seriously, yeah. right? And so right, right. When you come in, you know we're we're, we're pretty. You know, we let people express themselves. You know, people can wear, you know, have tattoos. I mean, like, we're not 
super strict on the stuff that doesn't matter, but we really make sure that people understand that, you know, the food is the bread and butter of what we do along yeah. with hospitality. I was about to say, and, treat uh, people right. Best foot forward. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. It, um, you know, we like to say internally, it's, you know, it's, it's about our people and it's about our food. And if you, if you treat your, you know, you put the focus on your people and on the food, um, then they're going to do the same. Right. And uh, if you don't, um, then you, you, know, you can't, you can't expect yeah. that they will. And so that, that's, our focus. Yeah. Let me ask you this, just talking about people and this, this, um, isn't just restaurants. This is basically across industries, but like, particularly with restaurants, you know, you go to some brands and, and the, the people, I mean, you're all hiring kind of from the same pool, but some people really get the, you know, let's create a welcoming environment and make sure. people feel good and, uh, and all that. And then some people, apparently it just doesn't matter, matter at all too. So how do you approach that and getting, getting it across, you know, smile to getting people, folks to say, buy in. say hello yeah. when they come in, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, uh, a big part of it for us is we really try to get folks to understand they may not know when they apply to capital tacos, kind of who we are and what we're about, but as early on in the process, we really try to give them a sense of, you know, why we think we're different, a little bit special and being, you know, a fast growing company with opportunity, I think makes a big difference. You know, we let folks know that, when you come in, basically, you could self-direct your development. So if you want to come in at whatever entry level you're coming in, you want to raise your hand and say, hey, I, you know, how do I get to that next level of, of responsibility and compensation? And we go all the way up through. We offer opportunities for folks who work their way up with, up with us to potentially have you know, ownership opportunities where we help finance their ownership. So Man, that's great. I think – yeah, I mean, I think it's you got to you got to you know show, you know like any, anything anyone would want in a job, right? Which is you know opportunity, responsibility, and the path to grow. Sure. I think um, you know my partner and I have you know a broader background than just restaurants, and we, we you know entrepreneurial, and um, you know we know that's what folks want, and then not necessarily everyone's going to want to become an owner one day. And some people might want to go up three levels and not ten, and that's fine. So as long as you provide provide them with a path and an opportunity and the tools to get there and show them that you're there to support them, I think that's a huge differentiator once people get in the door to see, Hey, there's a real opportunity here. And I take pride in what I do and I go a step beyond, you know, this is a growing company and this is a company that's going to recognize that. And, uh, you know, I think that's key, right? If if people are in a job and they just say, Hey, this is all I'm ever going to do. And this is all I'm ever expected to do. And there's no path to grow. And I don't even know who the owners are. And I don't know what the opportunity to grow is. You know, they're only going to put so much into it. You know, it's interesting. It seems fundamental, um, you know, with respect to the food industry. If, if you're having a good time, if you enjoy the experience when you try that food, you attach that good time to the food and to the experience. And so it sounds like you are trying to maximize that, even right down to the play, flavor profiles, right? So not not to simplify your concept, but, you know, you have tacos, you have burritos, you have burrito bowls. And then, as I understand it, it sounds like you could probably make your own, but you have some pre-made flavor profiles. So I thought some were pretty funny. There's an MC Yum Yum and a Shrimply the best and you know even <laughs> even saying those out loud and dealing with those kind of concepts again and kind of makes it fun and, and and puts it in a position where uh hey you can attach that back to this experience and all of a sudden you have re- repeat customers yeah that's exactly right you know right in the, the middle of our menu if you come into our store it says in big bold print the capital tacos we do things a little bit differently and so sure. um you know the expectation is when you come in for the first time you say take a few minutes to read the menu because it is a little bit different and it's pretty expansive but you hit on it. We have you know 13 uh, chef-created flavor profiles. What that means is seven different ingredients, six or seven different ingredients between proteins, toppings, sauces that all work uniquely together. We might have one ingredient in the store that's just on one of the flavor profiles because it kicks for that flavor profile. Oh, wow. So it spans everything from you know proteins from grilled chicken to fried chicken, to grilled shrimp to fried shrimp, you know fried shrimp to uh, steak to you know the MC Yum Yum as you mentioned as you know adobo chicken, bacon, and chorizo. 
Uh, and, yeah, you can take some things off, add some things, but very different from a Chipotle style where you're just going down a line saying, hey, give me this, give me that. You know, we've come together and said, look, we've done the work of figuring out, you know, how seven or eight unique uh, ingredients can match together. Right. Um, and um, as I said, each one of those is available. You could, you could have it as a taco, as a burrito, as a bowl, mm-hmm. as nachos, as a salad. Uh, so it allows us to really speak to, to everyone. Someone might want to come in and try three or four different tacos. Someone sure. might want to go a little healthy and have a salad and put the, the, the dressing on the side. And we really, you know, we really want to be inclusive. We don't want to be just a place that serves tacos. We want to be someone, uh, a place where, you know, you can come in and grab a bunch of tacos or, you know, you know what fills my heart a lot of times is seeing, hey, you know, grandma's there with mom and, and, uh, and, and uh, the granddaughter or grandson, yeah. and they're having a kid's meal, and uh, mom might be having two tacos, and grandma might be having a salad. I mean, we try to have that version of Tex-Mex where there really is something for everyone. And, yeah, you can make your own modifications if you want, but we, we like to do the hard work and come up with unique flavor profiles and say, you guys, could, you, you could take it from there. Yeah. Hey, uh, man, uh, gosh, we can keep talking all the time. We're going oh, to have to start closing yeah, down. But absolutely. let me ask you this real quick, like uh, following up on what you said. So did y'all actually uh, basically, you know, you guys sit down and come up with things that you like, or do you go to, you know, whatever, a chef or test kitchen thing and have them develop flavors? How does that work? Yeah, great question. So, Starting back, no test kitchen, no going to some big fancy uh, external, uh, you know, uh, company that says, here, let us create something yeah. in the vacuum. Everything comes from our stores, right? So it's a combination of what we think is interesting and creative, what our team thinks is interesting and creative, and then what customers come in and ask. So a great question is, uh, you know, a great, great example of that is, you know, we have, you know, a cheesesteak taco on the menu, one of our most popular ones. And for years, people would come in because they see the word taco on our, on our name and, you know, just probably familiar with Taco Bell. They don't necessarily know Capital Tacos. They come in and ask for a ground beef taco. And we'd be, we don't do ground beef here. We have steak. You know, we, we, do, we do the elevated version of that. And then we figured, okay, well, wait a second. Maybe instead of saying no to thousands of people, right, we, right. ground beef, <laughs> right. we should come up with our own version. And so the right. light bulb went on that way. Maybe it took a bit too long. But we then spent six months perfecting. We said, look, if we're going to do ground beef, it's got to be done Capital style. It's sure. got to be great. It's got to be unique. We spent six months testing a certain recipe in one of our stores until we thought we perfected it. Then we rolled it out. It's called the Ground Beast. It's one of our now top. I saw that. Yeah, profiles. yeah. Uh, and it's awesome. And and you know uh, when we first did it, we had a TV reporter come and cover one of our store openings, and he said, you know, it's like mom used to make, but better. And that's oh, me with yeah. a stamp of approval, no doubt. Um, so that's kind of the example, right? I mean, our test kitchen is literally in our stores with our guests testing and refining it and, and a combination of testing it with guests, with our team and ourselves to a point where we think, Hey, we've, we've hit the capital mark. So yeah. everything we do is coming from our stores and our community and there's no, you know, kind of corporate on down. Um, but I will say what we look at I and mean, part of the inspiration we get is, you know, we put a, the marker out there. We want to be known as the most inventive text max out there. And so what my responsibility is, and my partner responsibility is to keep track of everything that's going on out there. So you know, um, if someone's out there doing something that we find interesting or exciting, sure. we're going to say, hey, what's our version of it? Right, yeah, right. right. Keep, man. Know, we definitely keep our ears to the ground. Well, hey, man, we wish you the best with everything. Yeah, uh, I'm absolutely going to come crash in on you when the uh, Atlanta stores open and yeah, uh, sure. try to catch up with you one day when you're over there. But uh, I, I, it sounds fantastic. Can't wait to try it. And even more excited to, to talk you into coming to Alabama yeah, at some Alabama, point. Yeah, Alabama, Alabama, Alabama. <laughs> I hear you guys loud and clear. Well, I appreciate the time and definitely would love to have you in the Atlanta stores before we make our way out to you. So, <laughs> yeah, man. Sounds appreciate good. it. All right. Sounds well, thanks, thanks so much so for much. joining us. Uh, yeah. We'll talk to you later. All right. Yeah. All right. Sounds good.
That's Josh Luger, co-founder of Capital Tacos, reinventing God, Tex-Mex. Sounds good, it does. I mean, I, I'm, I'm actually starved right now uh, talking to him. I want to try one of these things, so we'll, we'll have to do that. We'll yeah. definitely have to make our way to a Capital Tacos near us. Yeah, hey, uh, congrats to Raider McCary uh, Construction. They finished up the theater loft projects down by the Alabama Theater and McWayne Center and uh, and my little building down there, so I'm excited oh, yeah, about that. Yeah, so sure. uh, more stuff happening in the neighborhood, uh, and they looked awesome. I saw a little thing, on I think, on Beham Now yeah. that had some uh, some pictures of it. Of the great. loft, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, uh, Samford's Cumberland Law School got a nice little accolade from U.S. News and World Report. You know, they do their rankings every year, uh, their national rankings. And Cumberland ranked number four in the entire United States for their trial advocacy program, which I have to say, they've always been very, very good at that, dating back to when I was in law school, which was just a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, hey, man, I'm going to tell you a couple of things that happened in May. Uh uh, May 19th, the 21st Street Viaduct down here opened up uh, to oh. traffic. That's uh, oh. I, th- I think that I can't remember the year on that one, but uh, it was today a long time ago. How about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, uh, Lewis and Clark headed up the Missouri River uh, May 21st on 1804. Johnny Carson's last time hosting The Tonight Show was on May 22nd, 1992. Yeah. Aerosmith was rocking the BJCC oh. May 23rd and 76 yeah, on their yeah. kind of first run before rehab. Oh, nice. uh, And then May 24th, Mountain Brook became a city well, in 1942. Go. You know what happened uh, May 15th of 1967? What's that? Well, actually, I uh, didn't even think about this. Uh, my father's birthday was that day, uh, so happy birthday to my dad uh, on May 15th. But Sports Illustrated came out with a cover that had a Dodgers uniform on it, but I thought this was hysterical. The chief article of the May 15th, 1967 Sports Illustrated was called No Boneyard Near the Soapberry Tree. Yeah, huh? and, the, and the opening line was, the flinty domino players of Oklahoma play a stern, granitic game, giving no quarter and asking none, but their current champion is an Indian chief who didn't even plan to play. No. And then they have a sporting look section, right? Back at, like, uh, uh, you know, apparel and uh, clothes. And the sporting look headline was, shoes and belts that jingle, jangle, jingle, Tony. Yeah, absolutely. And the, uh, the opening line was, the newest accoutrements for sporting wardrobes get their design inspiration from equestrian tack. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Sports Illustrated has changed a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, hey, way to go, Gadsden over there. They're demolishing the 90-year-old convention space. I saw this. Oh, and yes, kind of interesting. Nice. You know, They're trying to redevelop the, the waterfront there on the river. As well they should. Uh, uh, I mean, the picture of it, you're, and, and not that this wasn't good, and I'm sure, I mean, obviously it says people that uh, it was a long-time place where all the bands came through to play. They had Glenn Campbell. Uh, Charlie Daniels, Dr. Hook, you know, on and on and on, yeah. uh, played their James Brown's Easy Top. But, uh, you know, it's 90 years old. Uh, I think it's been closed in another facility, actually gets the bands down. So they're taking this down for progress. Yeah. And yeah. I think whatever they put back on here has a just fantastic chance of being something super cool. Oh, for cool. sure. Yeah, yeah. Hey, if, if I, oh, if I whisper the, uh, or, or say the phrase, I'm the ghost of the most, babe, what does that make you think? Beetlejuice, because uh, Beetlejuice Two's coming. They're going to release it in September of 2024. Yeah. More details coming. Man, we got to run. A uh, couple of quick did you knows. Uh, did you know that uh, the ideal wind speed for sailing is between eight and twelve knots? I did not know that. Did you know that the Bulls were Chicago's third NBA team? The first were the Chicago Stags, and then the Chicago Packers and the Zephyrs. Did you know that when it comes to online dating, a study found that women actually fear meeting serial killers on a date more, while men are just afraid of meeting women with a little more weight on them. Did you know that? frogs use their eyeballs to help them eat they pull the eyeballs down in the roof of their mouth to help push food down their throats how about this did you know that some egyptologists believe king tut may have been killed by a hippopotamus uh, well they are the most dangerous animal in africa by the way uh did you know mr freshy was a freshwater croc in the australian zoo he lived to be 140 years 140 years old
All right. Well, we got to go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, listen to us on Instagram, Facebook, Alabama. We'll see.